I'd like to welcome y'all to Secrets from the South. I'm your friend Scotty Ray along with my co-host Terry. Now you'll quickly catch on that we don't sound like the man on the 6 o'clock news. We talk a little slower and we've got a southern drawl. But nonetheless, we've got a great podcast lined up just for you. We'll bring you some interesting stories. They're sometimes crazy and a little unbelievable. But it would be just plain impolite not to share them. So get yourself comfortable. Find some southern charm in a glass of iced tea and enjoy. And this week, we'll be talking about monster-in-laws. That's right, that mother-in-law that you can't get along with. So we title this week's episode, Second Thoughts. Welcome to Secrets from the South, along with Scotty Ray and Terry. This week, we will be talking about mother-in-laws. But first, a couple of things that I want to say. A big couple of thank yous, really, of the success of people listening to us. We can't say thank you enough. It's really been pleasing. Um, it, you know, you just wouldn't have thought that we would have that many people that are tuning in that are not necessarily from the South. That's right. So, welcome, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. And keep it coming. Now, you can uh, visit us on secretsfromthesouth.com. You can visit us on Facebook at Secrets from the South. And some, uh, we've got Instagram. We've got stuff. Instagram, uh, Secrets from the South. We've got Twitter. So we have a variety of ways to contact us, as some of our listeners have been doing. And we want to encourage you guys to continue to do so. We really do want to hear your stories. We know that you've got some mother-in-law stories out there. And the only way that we're going to be able to go back and make another story that may include one of your stories is for you to submit it. Right. You know, and I remember as a kid listening to Paul Harvey, you used to think, what does he look like? Well, you can visit us on any of these and just see what we do look like if it's what you visualize in your head. Sometimes you're shocked as to what somebody looks like. We may shock you. Hey, speaking of that, Scotty, yeah. I had somebody tell me this weekend they had a, a visual of you, and this is no lie. Okay. In a bow tie. In a bow tie? In a bow tie. I've I busted never that laughing, and I said, no, I can't say that that's Scotty. Not that Scotty doesn't own a suit, not that Scotty doesn't wear a suit, but Scotty doesn't n- normally walk around with a bow tie on. Actually, I don't own a suit. I have a uh, one sport coat that I use for emergency funerals. That's about it. Okay. Well, I still wouldn't think of you in a bow tie. I am Mr. Redneck. Picture that. As we get back to our story this week, mother-in-laws. Now, there is, I have never bumped into a woman, hardly ever. There may be an exception here, but most get scared when the word mother-in-law is mentioned. Well, I don't think we realize just how prevalent it was, because I think in our world, and, and I, when I say our world, I'm speaking of my world and your world, Correct. Scotty. I think we both claim to be very fortunate. Barbara Sue has been very good to me. I'll, I'll say that through the years. And I don't have any complaints either. I've been very fortunate. But there's an awful lot of folks out there that do not claim the same thing that we do. Now, you've heard the term bridezilla. I guess this would be mother-in-lawzilla. Is that how you say some of these things? Well, I think that would be uh, probably a good description of some of the women. And some of them are just downright crude. I mean, I don't, you know, when you listen to some of the stories, you're like, holy cow, how did you survive <laughs> that? Now, and I think you and I discussed this before we started uh, putting together the podcast about this to where, 
is probably more, it's not so much as a, a, a daughter thing, but strictly the son thing. I think it's more prevalent when you have, I think there's definitely issues that a son can have with his mother-in-law. But I think it's definitely uh, more so with a daughter and her mother-in-law. And I think the reason is, from the research that we've done, is that that mother feels like you're taking her son away. Yeah, and you know what pops in my mind when you say that? And it just it just flashed there because I know this guy loved his mama so much. And she passed away before he got married. But try to visualize Elvis, his mother still alive. She probably would have been on the honeymoon with him and Priscilla because that was her baby. Oh, no doubt. I mean, everything that you've read is about the affection that he had for his mother. I mean, and that, that probably shaped him to, into who he was as a famous artist and it did change him thereafter they said that elvis was never the same after that day that his mama passed away so and this there's regular guys out there the same way well here are some stats that i thought was really kind of interesting you know when we talk about and this is again kind of foreign for us but we've heard even our own friends and family and you hear people that you've gone to church with that can really tell some stories about you know, the life that they live with their mother-in-law, and you're like, holy cow, I'm, you know, I'm lucky. Yeah. But here's some stuff that says, a new survey has found that many women think of their husband's mom as monster-in-laws and would do almost anything to get out of spending time with them. And some of the things that they talk about, and this is some stats, it's 51% say they would rather stay at home and clean the house than have to listen to their mother-in-law. Others say that 36% of women would rather go to the gynecologist, and that's pretty bad if you say you'd rather go to the gynecologist. But for you that are out there saying that I'm one of them, I'm raising my hand, Lord be with you. 30% said they would rather do jury duty, and this is the one that's surprising to me, is that 28% said they would rather do their taxes or have a root canal done. Wow. To have a root canal done That's painful. over spending time with your mother-in-law. Well, here's an example. And, you know, I didn't think about, you know how when you get to talking about a subject, it, it ding-a-lings in your head if somebody's saying something one time. I've got a neighbor across the pasture here that said on her wedding day, they were going for the rehearsal. I guess that's the night before. Is that yeah, what it uh-huh. is? And that they were getting ready to walk into where they were holding it. And her future mother-in-law reaches over and pats her on the stomach and says, now tell me the truth. Are y'all having a baby? Oh, my goodness. So that started off a relationship. She basically said, you're a fat girl, is what she told me. And did that relationship go south? Yes, from day one. And has been south ever since. And it ain't been right since. And see, that's where a lot of people find themselves. They knew right off the gate. And they really try to, you know, start off on good footing with their mother-in-law. And they say for a lot lot of people that they do start off on good footing with their mother-in-law until they say those magic words, I do. And once they say, I do, that mother-in-law kind of comes to the realization that she has lost her baby. And you know the baby is right the son. And then think about when they get into an argument, the son and the new bride, which is going to happen. I mean, people are going to get in arguments, and that son always goes to mama and tells mama <laughs> their business. Can you imagine mm. the animosity that the new bride has because... The husband has to run go tell mama, or mama interjects herself in on their business. There's probably more of that than you realize. And then, all right, here's the next thing. 
how many people actually survive a marriage that live next door to their mother-in-law? Of course, like the TV show, Everybody Loves Raymond. Who can survive living that close to where mother-in-law is in and out all day telling you what to do and how to do it? Well, you would start to resent them because unless you really, really, really had to rely on them financially. Uh, Babysitters. Yeah, that sort of thing. And then you'd, you'd, you'd at least have to put up a good front. But, you know, there are a lot of horror stories out there, and there are still some more stats that said – when asked who they might like to have as a mother-in-law, 17% of the women said they would like Hillary Rodden Clinton. Say whoa, 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 whoa. 16% said reality star Chris uh, Kardashian Jenner. Time. So Hillary ranks up there as one of the best mother-in-laws? That's what, that that's what this article says. She's kind of rough around the edges. I just, uh, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, I know. And they also go on to say that 28% of women reported a terrible or bad relationship with their hubby's mom. And there's a couple of stories out where the mother-in-law has, this is the second marriage for her son. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Picture this, that you go over to the mother-in-law's house. She still has pictures of the first wife, the ex-wife, up on the wall. And there was a story where the current wife asked the mother-in-law, why do you still have pictures of, I don't know, you know, Jane up there? And she just goes on and on about Jane as a part of this family, and she will always remain a part of this family. And so she goes on to say, Jane is not going to be removed. And it's clear to her that she thinks that Jane, oh, and also this, that when they have family functions over at the in-laws, yeah. guess who also gets invited? No. Jane does. See, can you imagine your wife number two and you're competing with an ex-wife, at least in the mother-in-law's eyes, because the mother-in-law definitely has sided with Jane. Jane's getting invited better. to everything. Boy, yeah, and that usually does not turn out well for the husband in any way. Well, and then when you have arguments, the husband's caught in the middle. Yeah, he he's can't talk about his to, mama. He's trying to pacify his wife, and he's also trying to pacify his mother. So it's kind of a, a no-win situation for the husband, because at some point, he's probably got to tell mama oh, to yeah. butt out. Because he's got to live with the other one. He, he's you've got with to live with that one. wife, and yeah, he's got to take the and side of her. And it's that separation that mothers have where that's their baby, and it doesn't matter if that baby just got married at 49, 39, 29. In their eyes, that's still their baby, and they're still taking care of them and bringing them meals and checking on them and giving them a little money, pocket money or whatever else. And all of a sudden, they get married, and they find out that the wife says, uh-uh, there's a new sheriff in town. Terry, if there's one thing that I've learned about this topic about mother-in-laws is people shy away from it some kind of tremendous, do they not? Well, I mean, especially if their mother-in-law is living. Yeah. And that ever got back to their mother-in-law, they think they're living through heck now. They really will be. Mother-in-law would crank it up tremendously. You know, we've thrown this out there on Facebook. We've thrown it on our webpage of, you know, submit your stories. People have still done radio interviews, and even people that call in are just really don't want to talk about the mother-in-law. They're scared. Well, I mean, they don't want it to come across as in poor taste, number one. Yeah. And then the other thing is they must be scared for a reason. Well, and I'll say this, and, you know, I almost forgot about my mother-in-law, and it took me five five years to find out she lied to me. And, boy, she turned every shade of purple when I finally figured out she lied. 
Was it being mean or just playing a trick on you or what? Well, let me tell you the story. I think I was 20 years old, and I met my wife, Angie. I worked radio overnights. I worked in a grocery store, a convenience store type thing, where you sold meat, gas, and all kinds of stuff. Right. And my wife would come in. That's how I met her. Okay. And so the first time I met her, I pumped her gas, and I said, hey, let's uh, let's go out. So uh, she must have made an immediate uh, impression on you. I took full advantage. I hear you. <laughs> and I said, let's go out Friday night. And so she agreed. Well, where I come from, I gave my word. Why would I have to call her? Sometime Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday to go, hey, remember we got a date on Friday night. I told her that I was coming Friday night. She gave me her address. Do you not, as a woman, how do you feel about that? Well, I think it was a different time. I mean, in today's world, I don't know. We just kind of have seemed to be a little lax on, we're not as formal. You know what I'm saying? We're not as formal about a lot of things that, we were 20 years ago. So now, you, giving this, your word then may have meant something. There was no such thing as a cell phone then. This was before yeah, the bag phone. And, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm saying I'm on your side on this, on yeah. this one thing. I mean, that may be the only thing I'm on your side about. But, yes, I agree. So, and, you know, you got to remember now, I work two jobs. I, I get off that, that store at 6 in the evening, and then I had to be at the radio station at midnight to do the overnight shift. I was just starting out then, getting, you know, earning my, my wings or my voice, however you want to word it. So I had very few hours that I could get rest and don't ever do that. That, that put a toll on my body. So Friday night comes and I stroll on out there, pick her up. I pull up in the yard. I go up, I knock on the door. Nobody come to it. And I stood there 10 minutes beating on that door. Nobody. I'm talking about crickets chirping. Huh. So I got in the truck and left. And I waited. Uh, it, it made me mad. I, I guess mean, so. You thought I had you'd made been a stood date. up. I, yeah. So I waited a week and called her. And she goes, well, you didn't call me. Why would I have to call you? So we got in our first argument before we even went out on our first date. <laughs> so the, the next week, uh, we actually met. Now, you have to understand, again, let me say I was working two jobs. I'm not sure that we ever officially went on a date before I got married. She'd get to see a couple hours of me before I'd go into the radio station. She saw one, we went to one movie, and I think we were married after that. Uh, I mean, how long did y'all date? About a year. And um, she never went on an official date no, in I, that one year? I don't think I ever took her anywhere because I worked. And Angie seven. actually said, I do, I <laughs> will, did. I will marry you. You're right. But And she's only, I've only in our history of 30 years taken her to see one movie, and that was George Strait, Pure Country. And that tells you a little bit of who I am and what I do. Now, does that say that you're cheap? No. Or does that say that you don't like going out on dates? Can you guess what the other movie? I was seven years old when I went to go see it. Because I have not been to the theater hardly ever in my life. Well, it sounds like it's going to be something country-related, something Western-related. Smokey and the Bandit. I mean, okay. as a kid. See, I nailed it. Oh, my gosh. I had to be there for that. But, you know, we didn't do a whole lot of that. Apparently just not. Because I didn't have a whole lot of time. But, okay, fast forward five years into the marriage, and something somebody brings up about us dating. And I said, yeah, she stood me up uh, that first time. And then I see her mama sitting over there in the corner smirking. And I said, well, what is going on? She was in the house and hid from me. 
The mama did? Yeah. Barbara, my mother-in-law, hid from me now because she knew Angie got mad because she hadn't heard from me. And it was her birthday. That, and I had no idea it was her birthday. She went out with some friends that night. And she didn't want to open the door to tell me that Angie left. So she just hid in the house. Yeah, but that's not actually being spiteful. It's just that she felt like she was in a bad spot. <laughs> she didn't want to be the one to break the bad news to you. And so she didn't want to get in the situation at all. So she just kind of hid. Does she? And again, uh, she's been good to me through the years, but she sure as heck hid from me. Well, she just didn't want to get in the middle of it. So she decided she'd take the easy road. I mean, think about it. Sometimes you have somebody show up at your house. You don't know them from Adam's house cat or whatever else. And I have hidden from folks. I don't want to have to come to the front door. Sometimes I don't look like I need to be coming to the front door, and I'm doing them a favor, believe me. So I, I get that. And she, like, owes me, my mother-in-law does, because uh, Angie's father passed away when she was 17 or 18. And so uh, when I started dating Angie, she was single. And you know me. I'm going to fix people up. I fixed her up with somebody that came in the store that I worked at every day. And now she's stuck with him now for 30 years. Now, somebody that didn't call somebody on a date and somebody that didn't take your wife on many dates before she actually said, I do. I mean, do you bl- stop? I mean, do you blame her? I mean, look at the package here. Oh, Would yeah. You have I, not yeah said- boy, she racked up. <laughs> but I'm just saying that you didn't just roll out the red carpet and yet you are saying that you are a matchmaker. Oh, yeah. I'm a real good one at that. Well, you know, uh, it just doesn't add up, Scotty. There's been like four or five people that that I've hooked up and they, and they stayed married. Really? Yeah, I'm good maybe at this. You, maybe I you am, missed your calling. I am better. I, I than definitely that. wouldn't call you for dating advice, but maybe <laughs> you are a matchmaker. Well, they call eHarmony. I'm just as good as they are. Yeah. All right, Scotty. Here's a story where uh, someone says that their mother-in-law wrote her son okay a letter a week before they got married telling him to think very carefully about what he was doing. <laughs> it sounded like she don't like that girl. Yeah, she didn't like her, and she wanted to make sure that he knew it and that he needed to be sure he was marrying someone he loved and trusted. Now, I think if if I had gotten something like that where the love part, yeah, but trusted, that I, mean, would, I think that would probably grade my nerves. Well, from a man's point of view, it would be that Mama knows something she ain't telling me, that she's heard something from a friend, that somebody's told her that, well, she's a floozy of some sort. Yeah, that's kind of what it reads in uh, for me as well. And then she goes on to say that she later walked out of the wedding, this being the mother-in-law, in tears. She drove home, which was seven hours away. That's a pretty good clip. You know, it's not like right around the corner. Right. right. So, I mean, and I take it that she didn't even stay for the reception or anything. She just stood in the wedding. The wedding was over. She got in the car and she hauled butt. And she didn't say anything to anyone and then followed it up by emailing her. So at, four, at first she's been sending the son a letter a week. Then she follows it up by emailing the new bride and said she didn't know what her son saw in her uh, she went on to say she refused to have anything to do with the mother-in-law until she apologized, which it appears that it took her a year to do so. But I guess the mother-in-law kind of got worn down when she realized that maybe they maybe they did have something that was solid. But it sounds like he was a mama's boy for letting that go on. I mean, my mama, and, and trust me, my mama loved me and always intervened in anything, everything she shouldn't, but she never wrote me once a week either. you got to be really, really tied around your mama for her to be writing that Well, much. you are definitely convinced that 
the person that your son is getting ready to marry is the wrong person. And I guess the reason for the letter, you know, or email, whatever else, is apparently if the wedding was seven hours away from where the mother lived, they, the son probably didn't live in the same town. I mean, it so, couldn't be, you know, and so she's either calling or, you know, she's calling, emailing, she's writing, she's doing whatever she can to make sure that this wedding never takes place. She's doing her part. She definitely is. And I guess she kind of conceded that after they'd been married for a year that she might as well, it's kind of like Aunt B's kerosene cucumbers, learn to love it. And see, and who would have thought that Aunt B didn't like Andy? And that broke my heart after I heard that story. Oh, he didn't? They, she couldn't stand Andy. All right, Scotty, here is an email that we actually got, and I want to say thank you. A quick shout-out to Jennifer from Texas. Hey, Jennifer. So this is what she writes, and this is unbelievable. She said when she and her husband were expecting their first child, her mother-in-law demanded that they give her a girl. That's what she wanted. Well, you know, what you want and what you actually get are two different (laughs) things. The main objective that any mother-in-law, any right mother-in-law would be asking for is healthy. Yeah, but there's there's a few that, you know, that they didn't have maybe a daughter of their own and they want a grandchild that they can pamper. But who goes around demanding, you know, one sex versus the other? But anyway, she goes on to say that I explained that there was no possible way that we could guarantee that. But she said throughout her entire pregnancy that her mother-in-law continued to badger both she and her husband about how she better be getting a baby girl. Well, I can see a little, what do you call it, back and forth over that? Because, you know, I joke with people a lot about things. I don't think she took this as a joke. Oh. This is not the way she wrote it. It did not come around as a joke. She took it like, I better be getting a girl, and by darn, you better be delivering. So... She said that at the point, you know, now they do these baby reveals. Yeah, you know, that's a big in thing. In my day, you just said, oh, y'all, I'm so excited we're having a little girl. You know, the first couple times I saw that on Facebook, I thought, what are these weird people doing? I really thought that. I mean, you get, they get very, I mean, it's, it's really neat. Don't get me wrong. I, I love it. I'm just saying that we, it's just kind of taking a life of its own and oh, doing the reveal. And it's a lot of uh, prep and planning just to do the reveal. People have businesses now that that's all they do. Well, they go on and they say that they're going to have a family party, and this is when they're going to do the reveal. Okay. So they found out that they were having a boy. They said that the mother-in-law, she goes on to say that the mother-in-law slapped me, punched my husband, that's her own son, and got rip-roaring drunk. She said she got so drunk she barfed all over herself, and I think she wound up in the bathroom for several hours. Ouch. So I take it she didn't come to Christmas, did she? Well, it sounded like uh, it backfired, on, and, and no pun intended, it backfired on the mother-in-law, but that's a little extreme. I mean, that you keep badgering about it. And, you know, who's to say that was probably their first child? They could have had another child or another child and could have ended up with one son and two girls. You know, you never know. So what's more annoying, somebody doing something like that, or the mother-in-law that comes in the house, and she just kind of looks at it as her house and rearranges everything the way she likes it instead of what the daughter, daughter-in-law wants. Because I've seen that. And I read a story where uh, one of the uh, the wife says that she came home and the mother-in-law proudly had said she had been in the house and she rearranged it because it was not arranged like it should have been. <laughs> and I think it was a kitchen that it was not arranged in the proper order that it should have been in to do cooking. And I'm sitting there thinking as I'm, I'm listening to this, and I don't know what's going through your head, my kitchen, I will arrange it 
how I want to. Now, I'll be first to say that my mother-in-law wouldn't dare do that. That's just not her personality. She's not going to do anything like that. Most people that we've talked to about this mother-in-law issue shy away and won't talk. Yeah. I did talk to a friend of mine named Stanley. Now, I'm not real sure I've told you about him before, but when he got married, things were a little tight, and they had like one of those little camper, mobile home, Airstream-type things. And this was his home? Yeah, that was his home when he first got married. And on their honeymoon night, a donkey backed up against it, rubbing his back, and he swore he thought he had one of them 25-cent rotating beds. But I guess it's more of a tradition in the South. When you plan a vacation, you don't go drop your dog off and put him in a kennel. You ask kinfolk or your next-door neighbor to take care of your pets while you're gone. So Stanley asked his mother-in-law to come over and feed the dogs while they were gone. So off to Pigeon Forge to Dollywood they go. Dollywood, believe it or not, is a very nice amusement park. I mean, for anybody that's ever gone to Disney World or Six Flags or... Universal Studios. I hadn't been there now. Yeah, it is super nice. I mean, it's really hard to compare anything to Disney World. I mean, Disney World has got its five stars. But I will say this, Dollywood is very impressive. Now, and if you go there, you've got to learn to eat with your fingers because you can't go to Dollywood. And I know they've changed the name from the Dixie Stampede to something else now. No, it's still the Dixie Stampede. It is. Yeah, it's still the same thing. But, you know, you go there and you eat your chicken with your hands. Yeah. Boy, you know, all our family photos are, uh, you won't have any old and meal pictures. All of ours are from Dollywood. (laughs) So then you've been quite a bit then. You think I'm lying. I'm not. So Stanley leaves his mother-in-law in in charge of everything while he's gone. You know, feeding the dogs and the cats and, and maybe that donkey. And so they get back to town. They come through the carport. Of course, you do that in the deep south. You don't come through your, your front door. Yeah, you or your always, garage or something like that. Yeah. Always got to come through that carport. And they come in, and he said uh, his table had been moved. And then the next thing he noticed was his favorite recliner was gone, like gone out the living room, was no longer there. What had happened? Well, went in the kitchen and looked around, like, like how you keep your cups and how you order yeah, out. Yeah. All of that was in a different drawer. So while they were gone, mother-in-law decided she didn't like the way that his wife was handling things. And so had moved everything. Every stitch, like if you had your forks right here by your sink, where you can wash them and chunk them in that, she'd moved them to another So drawer. technically, that's her mother. Yes. So how did the wife feel about all of this as well? Oh, she was mad, but she wasn't going to confront her mama. So her mother was obviously controlling over her. Yeah. I mean, to think, so they went in... And just about every room in that house had been oh, had been moved in some way. Because, you know, messing with a man's underwear is like a no-no. Uh-uh. Even, I, she had even gone she into She moved it. his underwear. And, and that's when he lost it there. And it was a 2 a.m. 2 argument of why did you touch my blankety-blank underwear. <laughs> oh, my God. On a personal level, that's probably the worst mother-in-law story that someone has actually told me. Is this couple still married? Yes, they're still married. I, I, you know, and I don't know about the, the mother-in-law. I don't know what the relationship after. I didn't get you that part of the story. You don't know if it went south after that. Uh, he never told me that. That would be, I mean, think about it. That is your house, provided that you're the one making the payments. Yeah. You picked it out. You purchased it, you and your wife. And you go in and find out, you know, your mother-in-law is obviously doing you a favor by taking care of the goats and the donkey and, right. and all the dogs. I mean, that's a chore in itself. So the mother-in-law ought to get a medal for that. But that doesn't entitle her to come in 
and start rearranging everything. And you're saying from the minute they opened up the door. Everything was different. In every room? Yes. She made it the way she wanted it. So, in other words, the minute that she heard that car crank up and back out, her butt was over there and she got busy. She must have hated the look (laughs) of that place. But you know what I would do? The next time that she went out of town and she was going to visit Aunt Ethel, you know what I'd be doing? What would you be doing? I'd be over there taking care of her butt. I'd be rearranging her furniture. You know, usually when you go on a vacation, especially if you go to an amusement park and you're trying to cram in a thousand different things, a vacation requires a vacation when you get home. Oh, you're wore out when you walk through the door. You're wore out. So think about it. They are wore out. Probably chances are they got by sometime on a Sunday. Yeah, oh, they yeah. want a couple of hours to unwind, wash clothes, and get ready for Monday. But no, they got to spend their time rearranging Getting back things to so that they know where those things are located. Scotty, have you ever noticed that throughout the years we've all heard these mother-in-law horror stories? Oh, yeah. She's meddling in my business. She's doing this, that, and other. Everybody complains. And everybody's got a story that have bad mother-in-laws. Yeah. We're fortunate. We've already said that. But... When you actually want to get them to tell the story, well, they're a little more reluctant to tell it. Unless we can really hide their identity. You're saying they won't man up is what you're saying. They they won't man up is exactly right. But in looking at doing this uh, story, I came across this thing that said 10 signs your mother-in-law is ruining your relationship. So you ready for this? All right, put some on me here. Okay, so the first one is that comes up says he hates his mother. Which reminds me, do you remember the movie 310 to Yuma when Russell Crowe is being escorted by the cop and he jerks a guy off his horse and throws him over the cliff and goes, even bad men love their mamas. Exactly, and that's kind of what they're saying here. What they're saying here is that if a man hates his mother, he hates all women. You do not want him. So that if you're dating sense. somebody and they tell you, I hate my mother, you need to get gone. The other one is that he has an abnormal amount of contact with her. This is part of the problem that they have in their marriage. He can't go to the bathroom without calling his mama. He's got a problem. He needs to call his mama. And guess what the wife is like? Why can't you go through me? Why can't you talk to me about it? But he always wants to lean on mama. mama. So don't hang out with a man that talks to mama too much. Exactly. It's generally obvious that your partner has too much contact with his mom because he takes all her calls, regardless of what he's doing when he's with you. Hmm. You're right in the middle of a nice dinner. You're having an intimate conversation. That phone rings, and guess what he does? He answers it. He answers the phone call. And you know that that is sending the hairs on his wife you and standing I just, straight up. Just talking about this, if your mama calls you and you don't answer it and they call back within like three minutes, then yeah, something's wrong. Exactly. Generally, unless she's a ruling mom. But it could also be that the mother-in-law calls ten times a day. And every time that she calls, the husband answers that phone. Why even marry the person if you're going to spend all the time talking to mama? And, and chances this, are, if he's just talking to mama, he's over at mama's house, too. It reminds me of everybody loves Raymond. Exactly. 
The other one is she treats him like her husband and not her son. Yeah, I don't even know if we want to go there. Well, this is what they're saying is that in some instances, you know, she's the one that's going to lunch with them. And there's nothing wrong with inviting your mother-in-law. And, and you know, you said that you enjoy your mother-in-law. I enjoy mine. You enjoy their company. But this is everything that you're doing as a couple includes the mother-in-law. <laughs> you go on a date. You go to a movie. You go out to eat. If it's an occasional thing, I think that that is super now, sweet. I'm at the age now to where if she wants to go to dinner with us and, and split the bill, I, I've outgrown all that. I can I can do that now. Split the bill? Yeah, she'll pay for mine. Hey, I'm all about it. Oh, so there's a hook there. That's why you want her to come is to <laughs> yeah. pay for the bill. This one says that you and his mother are nothing alike. She's critical of everything he does. You mean the mama is critical of the son? Yeah, it says a good mother makes sure that her son knows he's love unconditional and accepts him for who he is. If instead she constantly criticizes him for every decision he's made, he grows up to be weak emotionally. And they're saying that the reason that that's bad is because then he marries somebody. He can't stand on his own. Yeah, he can't stand on his own two feet. So what woman doesn't want a man that doesn't own a man card? Tell it, sister. I don't. Okay, the other one is she's a martyr. And by that, Scotty Ray, what I mean is she can do no wrong. Everything that mama says, mama does, is right. <laughs> Are there really, tr- now, and be honest, have you ever met anybody that the husband was that way? Well, there's uh, somebody that said that at first they really loved that attribute about that person. The that respect, said, man. Yeah, that he really was respectful of his mama. And, and again, you want a man that really likes women that respects his mama but there can be to the extreme and this was one of the stories where at first it was like oh that's so sweet he's so supportive of his mother and then it got to be where when the mama didn't get her way on everything she'd say after all the things that i've done for you (laughs) and guess what he'd he'd fall for it and so after a while, she knew that. She'd pull that card out every time she needed to get her way. And when the wife kept saying, but she's pulling the wool on you, he just couldn't see it. See, this is almost the, the direct script of the water boy of uh, Vicki Valancourt and her battle with Mama. Because, you know, Mama said it was a devil. And, of course, at the end of the movie, you know, she faked being sick so he wouldn't play football. And she ends up in the hospital, and he won't play football because, well, Mama's sick, and she said it hurt her. Yeah, and see, it's that an exact example of her being a martyr. I'm scared of women like that. Every time that Mama needed to pull that card out, she did. She just, <laughs> after all I've done for you. And a wife cannot win in that situation. No, I imagine not. Okay, well, what about if he's scared of his Mama? Like she beat him too much as a kid, that kind of scared, or well, just he's it just a says being fearful of a parent is unnatural and inevitably means that there's been some kind of abuse, whether it's emotional or physical, and that's really sad that you know he's taken that kind of abuse from a parent, and so the men in this case will often end up being people pleasers, 
And if you're a people pleaser to that extreme, well, that's bad. It means that you're just going to take abuse from everybody. And it could end up meaning that you take advantage of the husband. Yeah. But it also means that the husband can put themselves in uh, a bad situation where they're trying to please everybody. And you know what happens when you try to please everybody? Yep. Abraham Lincoln said it. You please nobody. Mm-hmm. How about if the mother-in-law is passive-aggressive about your relationship? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You better break out a dictionary and put that into deep southern terms for me. Well, to your face... She's charming. Behind your back, she's got that knife. She's a heifer, is what you mean. So it's wonderful news that you got promoted, and I guess it will be good to him to have him learn how to fend for himself when you're working late. So, in other words, she'll twist it around. She'll say, oh, I'm so glad that she got that promotion. I guess you're going to be on your own while she's working late. (laughs) You're going to have to cook your own meals. You're going to have to do. I'd probably fall for that. Yeah, you probably would. But I'm a sucker for that. Well, I mean, so she's acting like in front of that person, she's glad that they got the promotion. She's glad that they bought the new car. She's glad. She's playing that role. When she steps out the room, it's. Oh, yeah. You shouldn't have spent the money on that car. I don't know why you let her talk you into that. (laughs) Or. Who's going to take care of you while she's working late? And you know she's probably working late with Jim. She's working Putting that it. thought. Yes, absolutely. So at the end of the day, there, what you're really saying, there's some mamas that don't want their sons to marry at all. They just, whether it's staying home with them or not, they just don't want to marry. And you lead right up to the next one where she openly is disapproving of the relationship. And that other scenario, she plays real sweet to you. And the, this scenario, she's just saying, I don't like her. She's very upfront about it. And if you go forward with that and you marry somebody that's very, the, the mother-in-law is very upfront, you got a life of misery. Oh, it's going to be bad on both ends. Because you're probably not going to ever win that mother-in-law over. And they're always saying, do you think you ought to be wearing that? <laughs> do you, uh, have you got anything bigger? Yeah. Or, you know, what about something with a little more color? Trying to say you look bad to the exactly, or that they call you. There's been scenarios where people have said that my name is Jane, but they called me Ashley and Susan, and those were previous girlfriends. Oh, ex-wives or or whatever. Or whatever. You know, it could be an ex-wife, could be a, a a girlfriend, and it just didn't work out. And the mother-in-law has never gotten over it. But I mean, you're you're in for. You know, you're in for a long relationship with the mother-in-law and the husband, if if that's the case. Or if she just doesn't trust you. Mm. You know, the mother-in-law just openly says, I don't trust you. And, you know, by that, it's, you know, she brings over home-cooked meals because she didn't think that she can trust that you can cook a meal. See, my wife would probably go, bring it on. I ain't got to feed him. She probably would, and some people probably do. But can you imagine if you're just starting that relationship and you're trying to cook that meal, and then all of a sudden you find out, well, uh, honey, you don't need to cook tonight. Yeah. Uh, Mama brought over, you know, whatever. After a while, you would start to think it's an insult. And I probably, you know, when we first got married, I bought some land directly across from my parents, and I probably shouldn't have done that that first two or three years. That was probably a bad decision looking back. That's a difficult thing for anybody when you buy property that's very close by. Um, you know, I had 
for my husband. We lived two doors down from my parents. It, it like I said, it just kind of worked out that way in a subdivision that was on a golf course. And it was very fortunate. I said that both myself and my husband were very lucky where we really enjoy our in-laws, but it can be bad. Yeah. It can be really bad, especially if it's the mother-in-law that's going to come over and be meddling and is in your business all the time <laughs> and doesn't mind throwing out their opinions and telling you things that you're doing wrong and try to, you know, tell, correct you on how you need to rear your children. When you're in that kind of close proximity, that can be a recipe for disaster. It's a whooping coming. It is. But, you know, as, as years pass, you have to you have to do things that, well, sometimes you don't want to. Um, I'd been in radio for 25 years, and one of those things in life where you get a left turn, and you wake up one day and you're not doing what you love. And for nine years, I had to, to travel this world. Right. And uh, I have to say I respect, and I take my hat off, to anybody that works out of town. You know, the old Johnny Cash song, I've been everywhere, man. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. that was me. Well, and, you know, my husband uh, does HR, still does to this day, uh, worked for a very large organization. And um, before they got bought out, you know, he was gone three weeks out of a month. And I hated it. So See, I, I know he can relate. I would leave to, and the, what I was, and, you know, this is even more embarrassing. I ought not even admit this, but I had to resort to being a safety man. <laughs> <laughs> So you're not only what you're telling me is, I mean, obviously your your God given talent is on the radio, but you have matchmaking abilities. I'm there, and you can probably uh, be an OSHA. I uh, went to consultant. the University of Alabama, and they gave me two pieces of paper that said I knew what I was doing. Now I'm not quite so sure that I do, but they said I do. Wow. So, off and you know, and being from the South, I have never crossed really and truly other than my parents trips that i didn't see anything been across the mason dixon line and i get sent to and folks that are listening that know the area in ohio i got sent to a little town called Carrollton, ohio which is due south from you know lake erie's up yeah. there uh, i'm trying to think of the big town that's up there let me let me look at a map here like show akron you. or columbus ohio akron, yeah Arican. yeah akron and so here I am up there. You weren't trying to matchmake anybody, were No, you? no, no, no. No, I just kind of stuck to myself and minding my own business. But I did notice a lot of Amish people. And I don't know how to hook Amish people up, honestly. Really good people. And I remember it like it was yesterday. A friend of mine named Curtis from South Mississippi was living together up at Ohio together. And we were going down the road. It was a, it was a crowd of folks piled out in front of this barn. And Curtis is, you know, he's got more of a, a talking ability than I do. So we stop, and Curtis jumps out and walks over there, and he said, what's going on here, fellas? And they said, well, you see, Tom's mother-in-law was going over there to get the eggs from the chickens, and she got a little too close to the donkey, and it kicked her in the head, and it killed her. <laughs> Are and, you making that up? And Curtis goes, my Lord, she must have had a lot of friends. He said, no, sir. Not a bit. They all here to try to buy the donkey. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our podcast and will continue to listen more. We promise to provide stories that intrigue you, provide a little humor, reflect our heritage and culture, whether it's strange and alarming. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you liked or disliked. Do you have a story to share? If so, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at comments at secretsfromthesouth.com and provide a brief description of your story along with contact information, and we'll be in touch. 
Until next time, well, you know a secret? Well, now you should understand the meaning of when a Southerner says, well, that's real nice. 